This is the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast, bringing you conversations about holistic health and wellness with local voices, so you can get to know the incredible experts we have access to right here in the Twin Cities. This episode of the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast is brought to you by Watershed Spa, the first communal bathhouse coming to the Twin Cities in 2022. This new concept is an expansion of Spot Spa, a Twin Cities favorite that's been around for 20 years. The new space will include a communal bathhouse with hot and cold pools, saunas, steam rooms, and dedicated areas for rest and relaxation. There will also be treatment options like massage, cupping, skincare, and other integrative healing modalities, along with a gorgeously curated retail section. Head over to watershedspa.com to learn more about how you can get early access and grab some amazing perks by supporting their crowdfunding campaign. You can get discounted bath passes, memberships, and exclusive spa products as a thank you for helping them bring this incredible vision to life this year. Learn more at watershedspa.com. Welcome back to the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast. I'm your host, Lily Zabrowski, and in this episode, we are talking about spiritual well-being and energy alchemy. I have Desiree Ruvalcaba, a spiritual coach and energy alchemist, joining us on this episode of the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about what brought her into this work, her own healing story, and how people can work with her and what kinds of results they see. So let's jump in. Well, I am here with Desiree Ruvukaba. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So you are a spiritual coach and you work with a lot of different modalities and have a lot of tools that you pull together to help people in their healing process and their healing journey. Will you tell us a little bit about what you do in your own words? Yeah. So I do spiritual coaching and energy alchemy. Um, In spiritual coaching, I help provide a safe space for individuals to express themselves freely while guiding them to heal from any traumas they've experienced throughout their lives and then unveil their true essence. I help them reclaim their sense of power and purpose, and also recognize and empower their gifts and abilities. Energy alchemy consists of many other healing modalities, but in general, the energy alchemy is the process of channeling and transforming energy. So during a, an energy alchemy session, the energetic body of an individual is scanned and then any stagnant or disruptive energy is identified and then transformed into a more free-flowing and organic state to restore the life force of the body. During this session, I typically call on my spiritual team to help assist. So I channel different energies from spiritual guides, the elements, angels and archangels and gods and goddesses to help with the healing process. Along with a, an energy alchemy session, I also do marma therapy, which is uh, an ancient Ayurvedic practice that uses subtle healing touches at 
the marma points, which are energy points that provide access to the chakras and the body's innate intelligence. Um, the purpose of this is to release energetic blockages and help free the mind and body from any accumulated stresses and toxins that limit consciousness and also burden the heart. So promoting balance and flow throughout the body. And I also do um, something called ventosas and sobada. I learned this from a small town in Mexico, uh, a healer in Mexico. And um, ventosas is another name for uh, Chinese fire cupping therapy. Um, this is where I use glass cups and fire uh, to help alleviate inflammation and encourage blood flow to the damaged areas, which stimulates the chi or the flow of energy into different parts of the body. Uh, Sobada is a Mesoamerican massage therapy that helps stimulate the blood and lymph circulation. Um, it also releases tension in the muscles and helps realign and reposition internal organs in their proper place to maintain or regain health. Um, for some people, they feel that or they think that massage is something that is relaxing that helps relieve tension, which it does, but this specific massage is we're we're realigning and repositioning internal organs so it might feel uncomfortable um, it might hurt depending on the person depending on their condition what conditions or concerns might people have that would draw them to use that as a therapy or what might cause you to recommend that as a therapy for someone it's very beneficial for women to have a salvada especially um prenatally and also um, after they give birth because our hips tend to uh, misalign a lot. I do this specific massage to close the hips um, and which when, when it's open, it causes a lot of discomfort in the lower back region, the hips, um, and then it, it radiates out into other parts of the body as well. So um, and also for those who tend to hold their emotions a lot, um, we don't digest just food, we digest emotions. So energetically, we're also supposed to digest emotions through the digestive system. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times it becomes blocked right at the, the stomach. And so we accumulate a certain amount of bile Mm -hmm. And so what I do during a salvada is I push that bile along the digestive tract. Mm -hmm. um, and it usually deals with a lot of like anger, resentment. And so for anyone who experiences like, I guess, popular culture, we're, we're taught to, to hold in our emotions as a form of protection, right? So, so that we have that to, to come off of. So um, it's very common to have some kind of like buildup in the digestive tract. Mm -hmm. And so having this massage is very beneficial to help not just the accumulation of uh, in the stomach and in the digestive tract, but also emotionally too, to help us process the emotions better and in turn, like help us mentally and, and emotionally and physically and spiritually um, throughout our our journeys 
it's not something that I hear about in, in well, here in the US. Uh, it's very common in Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it, it is, it's pretty new and it's, it, it's exciting because it, it is new, but also intimidating because it's like, you don't know what's, what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. How often do you usually recommend people to get it or what's kind of typical? I always say it depends on your lifestyle, um, how you're going through the processes of your experiences. I would recommend generally to do it every once once a week or or twice or once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because of the the culture and society that we live in now because we're so we've been taught to to basically hold hold our vulnerabilities so um and, and I always say just feel it out like does it does it resonate with you right now to have this this session um we have this innate intelligence within us and as long as we're listening to the sensations in our bodies and instead of like you know going on 100 all the time and just doing things all the time uh, just listening to our bodies and and letting it tell us what we need in, in each moment. Well, you have so many incredible tools that you bring together. Thanks for explaining a little bit about all of them. Can we also back it up a little bit and have you tell us a little bit about your background and what drew you into these different practices? Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna actually start from the beginning, from when I was a child. Um, growing up, I struggled to understand my empathic nature. I am hypersensitive and I did not know how to manage the fluctuations of energy and the sensations that I was feeling in my body. I became very cautious of who I allowed into my space and what space I would come into because I was often overwhelmed. So as a child, I behaved much differently and express things that my parents did not understand. Um, they did not know how to effectively guide me and support me through like my upbringing. So through many generations, we were taught to fit familial cultural and societal expectations in order to survive in this world, in order to succeed in life. So I lived strictly under those conditions. My parents were immigrants um, trying to provide a better life for themselves and their children. So it was more common for us to receive criticism rather than good job or I'm proud of you. Um, I believe it was because my brothers and I were expected to work as hard as my parents did in order to achieve their definition of success. And so I found that in this type of upbringing, people either become highly individualistic or overly self-sacrificial. As for me, I became overly self-sacrificial and developed a habit of people-pleasing in order to feel a sense of love and acceptance. So essentially, I, I shut down. Um, at the age of 10, I started to experience cycles of depression with suicidal ideations. Um, later, I developed high levels of anxiety with the occasional panic attack. And then in my 20s, I experienced a number of physical discomforts, such as hypothyroidism, chronic hives, acid reflux, a whole bunch of digestive issues, 
and many other undiagnosed conditions. And so after receiving treatments and counseling from Western doctors for a number of years, I still was not feeling well. If anything, I felt worse. So I took it upon myself to heal on my own. Um, I learned to trust myself and, and just listen to what my body needed. Um, so my approach was a pretty unconventional. Um, I experimented with different diets and exercise programs first. Um, and I was feeling a bit better, but they still weren't as effective. So that's when I discovered energy medicine and learned that our bodies respond to what we carry energetically. I suppressed a lot of trauma growing up and it, it was a learned behavior that created numerous blockages throughout my body, which manifested in many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so as I, dis I explored deeper into energy medicine, I applied various healing techniques into my practice. I started off with Ayurveda, marmotherapy, um, and then I went into emotion code, and then um, I went into other healing modalities um, and experienced such great healing. Um, I healed from many of my conditions, even from the ones that were considered chronic. And I experienced transformational changes in my life. So through this journey, I just naturally developed a passion for helping others do the same. Um, I love exploring energy medicine and learning so many different techniques, especially the ancient healing modalities. And so I also enjoy growing through the process and just expanding my awareness to be in service of others. So I just, I truly enjoy helping other people make transformational changes in their lives and experience more joy, experience more love and connection or a sense of connection. And yeah, it's, it's been so great so far. It's very rewarding to do what you love and to help people create a new story or create a, a more joyful and loving stories in their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your hypersensitivity and empathetic nature was a burden earlier in your life. Can you talk a little bit about um, the positive side to those, those qualities also? Yeah. So being hypersensitive, I always say that my body is like a sensor. So whatever I experience uh, throughout life, um, even if I was to go into an environment, whatever I felt in my body would tell me exactly what the environment holds energetically and how I could learn to transmute energies if I needed to within my body um, to help the overall environment. Um, you know, when you go into a room, you could just automatically feel the vibe mm -hmm. and it could either be like depressing or because maybe somebody was there before and was just feeling all types of sadness. Or if someone got into a fight in that environment, you can feel the tension in the room. So for me, it just, it, 
it tells me that it tells me the stories um, without words so I can help shift that and so when I'm helping other people as well uh, it helps it helps me determine what their state is um, especially when I'm doing these sessions with people the hypersensitivity is information and the thing is, is that we were not taught how to, to con, well, not convey, but we were not taught how to um, understand this information and how to manage it. So with someone who is hypersensitive, feeling all these sensations very deeply, they don't know what to do with it. And that's why it becomes a burden to them. And feeling all this pain, especially, they don't know what to do with it. With that gift, people could learn how to transmute these energies into love, into acceptance, into joy, and help themselves through any trauma that they've absorbed or you know associated with, and also help their families, help their friends, help their community with, with this. You don't have to just go out there and do things physically to to help the environment to help the collective we can also help transmute the energy into love and that's mm. so that's what i associate my hypersensitive my hypersensitivity to now mm. um it's it's just a great conductor i think so i think in our society negative emotions just get a really bad rap, right? Like people don't want to be angry, don't want to be sad. And I think a lot of people end up suppressing those emotions, like you talked about a little mm -hmm. earlier. Do you have any tips for people just thinking about kind of the state of our world these days? And of course, there's always things that come up that can create grief anger, sadness. Do you have any tips or advice for people in how to metabolize these emotions? It sounds like transmuting the energy feels like next level learning. Right, but right. How do people at least just start to metabolize them versus suppressing them or being destructive with them? Yeah, so what we have not been taught to do is to create space right, to just be, to be with ourselves at the place that we are now. We were taught to shame ourselves for feeling a certain way, for thinking a certain way. And so what I always um, try to help guide people through is just creating that space to feel angry, to feel sad, to, to feel all this stuff, but always remember that we have a choice of how we can react to it. Right. So we can always choose love or fear in response to these emotions. And so finding acceptance in what is instead of trying to immediately just change it mm. could help us fully process our emotions. That's like the crucial part, because this is something that we have not been taught. Um, and because we've always brought our reactions into the mix, right? And we, we automatically know how to respond and react um, without even sitting with it because it's painful. No one wants to feel that. 
Um, and so we start to project, project, project. So we don't want to feel the intensity of this pain. We want to redirect it somewhere else. So that's why it's, it's very easy for us to distract ourselves because we don't know how to be with them, to mm -hmm. feel the pain. And so to, to learn how to flow with the natural currents of our emotions is very important. Mm -hmm. So when we're angry, for example, we can choose whether to shame ourselves in that moment, and which is okay. It's okay to do that as long as we're recognizing that we're shaming ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, but always try to be gentle with ourselves, even in moments in anger and say, you know what, I feel this. I feel this and it's okay to feel this. There's a reason for this. There's a story behind it. Um, validate ourselves because no one else is going to do that for us. We, we can't just rely on other people to give us what you need in, in each moment. Um, and also we weren't taught how to effectively support other people or even how to effectively communicate with other people, especially when we're feeling a certain way. For decades, we've learned how to strive to be someone other than ourselves. And that's what created all this judgment and criticism. And ultimately a fear of rejection. We were taught to look elsewhere for the answers instead of listening to our inner selves and the wisdom of our soul. And so having a true sense of love and connection is an internal process. It's not something to give nor receive. It already exists within us. And uh, this whole notion of like separation, uh, this whole, the whole fear of rejection is because of this feeling of separation. There's, there's no sense of love and connection when really we are all connected, whether it be positively or negatively, we're all affecting each other in some kind of way. So that sense of separation, I feel, comes from the beliefs that negate our differences. And in reality, our differences are part of what makes us whole as a collective. So the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to come back to ourselves, to find ways of staying grounded, centered, and balanced, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how we feel. Well, this leads right into my next question of what you do as a spiritual coach. So it seems like you already kind of explained a little bit about what um, you can help with, but what might draw people in to work with you as a spiritual coach? So most of the people who are drawn to my spiritual coaching sessions are usually highly sensitive or empathic. Um, they've had a similar upbringing than I have had. And I, I usually say I don't, I don't enjoy teaching anything that I don't have experience in. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I naturally... Uh, I'm drawn to helping empaths and highly sensitive individuals to help manage their abilities and navigate through difficult situations and environments. And so from my experience, I found that creating a healing space for others to just be is very important. Um, people have lost their sense of self and direction, perhaps because we were taught to conform and give our power away to leaders and authority figures. 
and then rely on outside circumstances in order to determine our value or to determine who we are. And so during a spiritual coaching session, individuals can receive a space to feel seen, heard, and nurtured. I help guide people back to themselves to recognize and empower what is true for them and to release limiting beliefs of feeling victimized by their circumstances, um, to be an observation rather than reaction, to reach the higher meaning of their experiences and to recognize that every experience brings an opportunity of growth and evolvement. And so, as I said before, a guiding people to, to feel that sense of love and connection and to feel a sense of purpose and meaning in life. And to know that in every moment, we always have a choice, even though it doesn't feel like it, we always have a choice to choose fear or love. Do you have any stories you could share of how your clients have been impacted by this work? Yeah, so one of my clients came to me with high levels of anxiety and digestive issues. She grew up in a strict household where she was expected to fulfill her parents' needs and ideals of who they wanted her to be. They were highly protective and their fears overruled her individuality. They wanted to protect her from all the dangers of the world, basically, in every circumstance. So she satisfied their ideals in order to feel uh, that sense of love and acceptance. Um, when really she has a she has a gift of hypersensitivity and hyper awareness. She knew what to do to um, basically accommodate the needs of her parents without them having to ask this of her. She just obeyed them. Um, so essentially, she learned how to be in service of others in an unhealthy codependent manner. She denied her physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs in order to satisfy the needs of other people that led to an accumulation of emotions that she basically became numb to, um, which then manifested into anxiety and digestive issues. So. From my understanding, anxiety comes from an influx of unprocessed emotions. Um, we tend to hold on to trauma to feel a sense of protection as, uh, without realizing that this energy becomes stuck in our body, which is overwhelming after accumulating a significant amount throughout her years. So then this led also to digestive issues um, which, as I said before, is like a accumulation also in the digestive tract of unprocessed emotions. So after a number of coaching sessions and energy healing sessions as well, she learned how to reclaim her power. She finally came out to her parents. Um, she was so afraid to do so because of this people-pleasing aspect of herself. Um, she started to recognize her abilities as gifts instead of curses. Um, and she's learning to open her heart up and not become so protective over her vulnerability. 
um, because she is very sensitive to everything. She feels the everyone's pain as if it was hers. So she felt her parents' pain as if it was hers and knew what to do with it to, to adjust, to, to, to avoid feeling any kind of sense of rejection. So she is, she feels much freer to express herself, which is great because she never really expressed herself um, before she was afraid to. And she has a deeper understanding of who she is and um, better sense of purpose. And her relationships has significantly improved even with her parents. She has been standing up for herself, but also learning how to accept them for who they are and know that there are stories behind their behaviors. Um, and found that she has more of a sense of connection with other people and more meaning they, they become more meaningful to her so it's been really great to work with her to see her journey unfold um, she has come from this person that's been so closed off to the world so fearful to be herself so fearful to even make moves um, and constantly adjusting to other people's needs to this person who is now becoming more of herself to accepting her individuality and honoring it and expressing it without that much fear and knowing that this is this is who she is and conforming is is not so beneficial to her physical mental emotional and spiritual uh, well-being mm. so i truly enjoy um, watching her unfold into this beautiful, amazing, gifted being. Wow. I mean, that's a big transformation. Not that it matters because we can't compare different people's experiences, but um, how long, what is the timeline on that kind of transformation? Because it feels like a, a difficult road and it feels like it might take some time. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear about, you know, how, how long that took or what, what that looked like. Uh, from, well, I've been working with her for about two years now. Um, she, we have been having sessions consistently um, every week or two weeks. And so it's, it's great to have a consistent flow mm -hmm. to the healing process because we can easily like year off Mm -hmm. um, so having that like accountability from someone from a guide is is really beneficial. Um, I also know that yeah, of course, like we all have our different processes. Um, but for her, it, it's it's been within the two years she's changed so much. But even within two months, I've seen her change so much. And so it really depends on the resistance mm -hmm. if we're resisting the the natural flow and um growing is a lifelong process it's just going to be there there's going to be plenty of opportunities to grow um, but with these kinds of things where we're coming from such a dark place and trying to find the light out of that dark place is such a major shift and that's the shift that she made during that during that time 
So I feel like we've gotten into this a little bit, but how do you think spirituality relates to overall health and well-being? Because I think a lot of people think of health and well-being as like the physical aspects, maybe a mm -hmm. little bit of mental, but how do you see spiritual well-being fitting in here? So energetically, we have four bodies. It's the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. So when it comes to overall health and well-being, we must consider all parts. If you think about the structure of a building with four pillars and four walls, in order to create a steady foundation, all four pillars and, and walls need to work together equally in order to stay grounded, centered, and balanced. Similarly with the four bodies we carry energetically, Addressing the health and well-being of one or two without the others does not truly foster a balanced lifestyle. So in healing, as you said, people usually think about attending to their physical health through nutrition, exercise, conventional medicine. And nowadays, thankfully, it's also common to address mental and emotional health, like finding ways to mitigate stress, attending counseling, being a part of a community, or a cause to feel some kind of support and connection. But people don't really think about the spiritual component, perhaps because of the conflicting beliefs or superstitions due to religious, societal, and political ideations that have been passed down throughout history. So to me, like I, I've heard of so many different definitions of spirituality spirituality out there um, but for me um, what really resonates with me most when put into words is that spirituality is our sense of connection to our spirit and universal energy it's when we recognize that we are not just human but spiritual beings that exist beyond this physical plane when we have a healthy relationship with our spirit, we feel a sense of love and connection with ourselves and with other people. But when we don't, we feel separate. We feel lost, we feel soulless. Um, so for example, many of us don't know who we are. We go through experiences in life that constantly challenge our quote unquote identity. So identity or identification of something that the ego needs in order for the mind to feel a sense of knowing or to have a sense of control in our surroundings. I find that most people are struggling through this. It's the, I need to find out who I am by comparing things outside of myself to what's going on within. This is one of the signs of a spiritual energetic imbalance. It's okay to not know who you are. That's actually, it's actually healthy to not know this because there is such depth and mysteriousness to who we are that the mind cannot truly understand because we're in this physical reality where, whereas our spirit exists beyond this physical reality. So um, we just have to recognize that you know, we're ever evolving beings and we're very expansive. Um, when we are in acceptance of this, we are able to find more balance spiritually. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. 
I just really <laughs> needed this conversation this morning. So just a reminder. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've been very focused on like the physical and the mental and the emotional and has right. had that connection in the last week or so. So good <laughs> reminder. Thank you, Desiree. Yeah, for sure. You're welcome. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because, like I said, like we were conditioned to think in a specific way. We were conditioned to think linearly, even when we live in this quantum world where there's so many different possibilities, so many different realities, so many opportunities for growth and evolvement that we tend to limit ourselves in just because of the stories we attach to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very, very beneficial to have that balance between all four. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for someone who may be new to spirituality in general, Um, whether they had, I mean, I think a lot of people have a religious component to their upbringing, but may Mm -hmm. not really feel a spiritual connection through that medium, I guess, of connection. So for anyone that hasn't felt like they've had that connection to the divine, to that universal energy, to their higher self, to their soul, their spirit, um, what advice do you have for them to get started or to begin to connect? Stay curious. Ask a lot of questions. Approach things with an open mind. Um, there's going to be fear involved. That's just the reality of our situation because that we've, we're, we're carrying a lot of um, past stuff, you know, and we're carrying all this like false beliefs of what things, how things should be. And so we are in the process of unfolding all of that, of releasing these, these layers. And so it's very important to not so much attach to it, but just stay curious, ask, ask questions, um, try not to label things as a matter of fact. Um, because once again, like we try to into intellectualize things so much that we don't have any sense of, or, or connection to our intuition. Um, mm-hmm. we are used to following the inklings of our mind and not so much paying attention to the signals of our body or the the gut instincts that we have which which are basically telling us like our bodies are interacting with energy 24 7 it knows what's around us it has this universal knowledge this universal wisdom to it if we don't if we um are basically overlooking this we're overlooking the the truth um, instead of creating all these stories that are no longer relevant to our situation anymore. So I say start to get in touch with the signals of your body rather than the inklings of the mind. Learn to be okay in the unknown and to trust the ways of the universe. Trust what our soul came here to do, which is to grow and evolve through our experiences to help shift consciousness and continue continue to redirect the focus within and find stability and centeredness in that Mm. um and which is great uh you know the past two years we went through the pandemic right and that was deeply traumatizing for people and but in a way it helped many of us connect spiritually 
-hmm. we were in a sense forced to be at home and by that I mean at home within ourselves Mm -hmm. right so that's the first step to be at home within yourself to face your stuff basically face your stuff the least layers of pain and any false identities that have been keeping us from recognizing our truth Mm -hmm. which is that we are not just human we are also a spiritual being Um, and so recognizing that will help us connect spiritually help us connect to our innate power our innate intelligence Mm -hmm. well I love all of that so just carving out more time to turn inward and kind of release the distractions of everyday life. I agree the pandemic helped people kind of, or forced people to let go of a lot of those outward distractions. Yeah, it was great to see because I had friends that very intellectual, very into business, very business oriented, very logical mind thinking. I've had them come to me and ask me about crystals and tarot readings and energy healing sessions. And I I was so surprised because I never think they would get into that stuff, Mm -hmm. but it really opened something up and it's, it's beautiful to, to experience the opening collectively. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, there's not, there's no one way to connect spiritually. There's no one way to do anything. It's, it's all, you know, subjective, it's experience-based um, and individualized. So there's no wrong way of, of doing it, of doing anything in your life. Um, it's, it's just, like I said, that having that openness and staying curious and, and not so much comparing ourselves to other people or, or comparing our paths and, and just learning how to trust our inner guidance. Mm-hmm. So if people are listening to this and feel called to connect with you and maybe work with you as a spiritual coach or experience one of the different therapies that you provide, um, what is the best way for people to connect with you? So I offer free initial consultations, which people can schedule by visiting my website um, or Instagram. Or they can contact me directly as well at T-H-E-Y-E-O-F-L-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. It's the eye of light. There's no extra E between the I. The I. Yeah. So people can ask questions, express their needs, concerns, or goals. And then together we discuss what services I can provide for them and decide on a plan that can best support their needs. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too.